All right, men of fire, remember Mother's Day this weekend, not today, but next weekend. I hope you appreciated that video. So men, kids, everybody, ladies as well, we all have mothers. Let's remember our mothers and honor them and value them for all that they've been doing, especially during this time. Uh, we love them and we appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you so much, worship team and our creative crew again for all that you guys do and for allowing us to enter into the presence of the Lord uh, during this time. Let's pray uh, so we can get into the word of God together real quick. Before we do that, uh, don't forget to check out our website, the COVID website uh, and social media and our e the email blasts that are going out. Just to be sure that you can stay informed during this time. We want you guys to be a part of the prayer meetings and the life group gatherings and all the different things online. And as things roll out, as we the restrictions lift, uh, we want you guys to be informed of how that cha those changes affect us as a church family. So look to that information. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for all that you have already done this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would increase in this moment. Lord, we turn our ears to you towards heaven to ask what your spirit is saying this morning. Lord, we ask that you would open up the eyes of our hearts that we could see you more clearly today, that you would open up our hearts again, that we could receive your fresh revelation. Lord God, I ask again that you would take over my words, that in these next few moments, Lord, you would be glorified, that you would speak to our hearts and truly transform us, Lord God. Not that we would be better people, but that we would be vessels that you could simply work through. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you about a, a subject that the Lord's been mulling over in my spirit for several days uh, and I believe that this is really going to be a subject that we're going to likely talk about for a couple of weeks. Uh, it's on the subject of carriers, carriers, uh, and carriers of what? Basically carriers of the glory of God, God instituting his church, uh, a people that are carriers of his presence, carriers of hope, carriers of his glory. And when I, when I say glory, I know initially that could probably hit you in many different ways. Many people have different definitions of glory. Uh, when you start talking about glory, it's like trying to define beauty. Like how do you define beauty? It's very subjective, uh, depending on the eyes of the beholder. If I were to say, how do you define a basketball? You could easily say, okay, a basketball, it's round. Uh, you fill it with air. It's this size. You can bounce it. You can, you can play a game with it with a hoop and all that kind of, kind of stuff. And you can get a good idea of what, what a basketball is. When, when I say glory, uh, there's so much to it. And, and I want to be sure that we, we don't just hit this and run because this is what I feel the Lord is saying during this season, that the church of God, the church of Jesus Christ needs to be carriers of the glory of God for his glory. So many passages throughout scripture talk about the glory of God, the glory of God being revealed in the Old Testament and the new Christ being the glory of God revealed. And there's something inside of the hearts of every single believer that needs to be revealed during this time that has been set apart for such a time as this. Uh, I would liken it to say I've heard different voices in recent months uh, talking about how we need to go from the church being in Sesame Street over back to Azusa Street. We need to get to the place where the glory of God is flowing in our midst and in our hearts again. And I want to read something to you that I kind of put down some things that I believe the Spirit was saying to me, as well as some things that I've been mulling over uh, and, and, and talking with, with different brothers in our congregation. 
But the church must return to relying on the Holy Spirit or suffer total loss. There is no new normal. I don't want, I want you to get the new normal phrase out of your mind after these restrictions lift and quarantine, quarantine is lifted. We're not looking for a new normal. We're looking for the super normal. There's no new normal to ascribe to or an old normal to go back to. We need to come out of, out of this thing with the super normal, the supernatural flowing in our hearts and in our lives so that we are truly those carriers of the presence of God. I don't know about you, but I, I'm not trying to, you know, just preach a simple message this morning. I'm tired of just simple, simply coming together with this many points or that many points and having a, a beautiful, beautifully perfected message that comes across. I just want to share with you from my heart this morning. I feel that the church is at a pivotal moment in history. And we as individuals, as well as the collective church of Christ, really need to recognize the opportunity that we are living in. He is preparing. He's preparing vessels. The one who holds the words of eternal life is speaking to his church and beckoning them to renew their vows and receive the words he is speaking over us. That we are carriers of his glory that will tear down traitors of the cross in the flow of the spirit with power and with influence the world has yet to see. These unknown and, unle uh, and least likelies will rise in the immediate days ahead. They will be courageous and strong, not with the might of men or coarse words, but with glorious resolve and holy determination to see the glory of Christ revealed. These will be the way makers for the way maker. These will be the unadulterated, idolless believers who used, who, who, who topple religious empires and foolish systems and the machines of our day. We cannot come out of this and again go back to our same old, same old. This is a time to come out of this as the glorious church that we come out with like blazes of fire. And that only comes if we will look upon the face of the one that contains all the glory that we we behold Christ in greater measure. I'm telling you that we need to be those that are ready that, that we would cry out in our secret place and say, Lord, make us the epicenter of the flow of your Holy Spirit. As I was praying for this message, I just saw all around the world as if I saw a globe. And, and, and you know how if you, you, you look on weather channels and different things, you see earthquakes happening and they have the different spread, those targets that spread out. I saw different different epicenters all over the world beginning to, to spread. And I believe that's a representation of the church of Jesus Christ, those intercessors, those least likelies that will say, you know what? Enough is enough. Now is the time for a tremendous awakening. I'm not just simply sounding the alarm for having awakening for the sake of awakening. No, I'm telling you, there's something so deep in the heart of the heart of, heart of my heart, sir, the, the, the cry of my spirit that says that this is the time for the church to be revealed. The church in America needs to get to its knees and repent and turn to a place where he can be revealed during this time. I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 14. 1 Kings chapter 14, I'll just read it on here. Because I need us to be reminded of some things that have happened in, in the history of the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, last week we talked about uh, how, how Solomon constructed the temple, the glorious temple, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And then there was this great cry for a revival. There was, 
there was a cry from the Lord to say, hey, you know, if my people who are called by name by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, that I will hear from heaven and that that I will I will I will allow my blessing to come. I will allow my glory to come. Basically, I will allow revival to come. I will heal their land. I will hear their cries. First Kings talks about another generation not too far removed. Verse 26, it says, And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything. He also took away all the gold shields which Solomon had made. Then King Rehoboam made bronze shields in their place and committed them to the hands of the captains of the guard who guarded the doorway of the king's house. Judges 2 verse 10, talking about, again, the heart of people that have seen and experienced many miracles at the hand of the Lord. It said that when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. I'm telling you that this is a season where many generations have experienced great, tremendous moves of God, whether it be Azusa Street, whether it be the Jesus Revolution, whether whether it be uh, Brownsville, Pensacola, whether it be Toronto or or Kansas City or, or Kentucky or different moves in Wales and, and the Hebrides and, and across the, the nations of the world. There's been so many moves of the Spirit. But can I tell you, this is a new generation. Right now is the time when and there's a generation that has arisen that has not experienced the glory of the Lord. And in fact, what they have experienced is the trading out of the glory of the Lord for that which is of lesser value. They've traded out that which is gold, that which is costly, what that which is of pure value for something that is of bronze, something that is of wood, something that is of, of, of man-made strength. We've got machines going on in Christianity right now. We've got such business-minded entertainment going on and and I know many of you even now you've got the ability to to be able to scour the internet and hear whatever message you want to hear today if you don't like what I'm preaching you could switch right now and go over to a thousand other messages to hear what 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 blesses you and what speaks to your heart or what 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 relates to what you feel that you need to hear today can I tell you this is what the spirit is saying it's a time not to trade what is gold for that which is of lesser value value. We need to be those that are tremendously, uh, tremendously valuing the glory of God, that we are carriers of the glory of God. I hope you can just hear this, not as a man ranting today, but as one that is, is, is hearing the heartbeat of heaven that would say, would you be the carriers of my glory? Would be, would you be those that, that don't just carry it on poles and then say, you know what, maybe we can move this a little bit faster. Let's place it on a cart so we can get it to where we need to go. No, let's be those that value the presence of God, the glory of God, the ark of his presence, his law, that it would be hidden in our hearts, that those things that were written on the tablets contained in the ark, the law of God, that we would value it to such a high place. The word of God says that those that love the Lord, they will obey his commands. Those that love the Lord, their God, they will they obey his commands. What are his commands? They're found in the word of God. They're found in the laws that are written not on tablets of stone, but are written on the tablets of our hearts. 
that we would be those that value the words of truth and the words of life, whether they convict us or cause us to come in, into places where we need to weep at times and need to repent at times. This is the time for that. This is the time for us to be able to see the glory of the Lord. I want to talk about that, that, that passage in the book of Judges right now just a little bit more to give you better understanding of what was going on. And uh, before I do, let me give you an illustration that will help you see this. P Pete was on the, 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 the prayer meeting that we had on Friday night, the, the first Friday prayer meeting, and he was just kind of sharing an illustration that the Lord had, had given to him, and I want to share it with you. He was driving along the street, and he, was, uh, he saw a policeman pull out in front of the, in front of the road on the, the highway, and he noticed something that happened and probably you've experienced this as well that when the policeman came out all of a sudden whatever the speed was that the people were going they adjusted themselves to go behind that police car and not one of them was going to go beyond that police car because the police car set set the tone he set the standard he set the stage for what should be abided by and his 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 uh his thought was man what would society look like if we didn't have police if we didn't have judges if we didn't have rules we would just the chaos that we already have in our society what would we look like if we didn't have anybody to police our society in the same way the word of god comes to bring a standard the same way we are called to be carriers of the glory of god to carry a higher standard that when we come on the scene regardless of what's going on around us whether people are in chaos whether they are whether they are without hope whether they are without faith whether they are seeking pleasures of their own whether they are seeking what Whatever it is they're seeking, when the church of Jesus Christ comes on the scene, everything should change and everything should fall in alignment to that. Let's see what happens when there is a chaotic sense. There is no judges. There is no, no rule or, or subjection to authority. What happens in Judges chapter 2? Uh, continuing on, I read verse 10. Let's pick up in verse 11. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the bells. They, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and, and the Ashtoreths. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Whenever, wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity as the Lord had said and as the Lord had sworn to them. And they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down before them. They turned quickly from the, the way in which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do so. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hands of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. 
They did not cease from their own doings, nor from their stubborn way. Then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, Because this nation has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers, and has not heeded my voice, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died, so that through them I may test Israel, whether they will keep the ways of the Lord, to walk in them as their fathers kept them or not. Can I read that last verse one more time so that you can hear it? I believe this is what the Lord is saying to the church in America right now. Right now. Because this nation has transgressed my covenant, which I commanded their fathers and has not heeded my voice, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when, left when he died, so that through them I may test Israel. Can I say I may test America, whether they will keep the ways of the Lord to walk in them as their fathers kept them or not. This is a season where we see lawlessness. We see, we see chaos. We see, we see those that will run quickly to the shelter of whatever voice will give it to them, whether it be the government, whether it be the church. People are looking for a place of safety. They're looking for a place to go and whatever suits them, that's where they're going to run. Can I tell you, this is a, this is a season where where God is sending a radical cure, not just for the disease of the coronavirus, not, not just for that virus, but for the virus of sin itself. Can I tell you for the virus of sin that has invaded the church, that has invaded churches all around America, around the world, that have chosen to follow after other gods and other idols? He's sending a radical cure for a radical sickness that has already been in place. And we need to recognize that, that the coronavirus isn't the main sickness. The coronavirus, I mean, the, the radical uh, sickness that is already in place is the sickness of sin. If we reject the severity of this sickness... If we reject the severity of understanding that the church of Jesus Christ in America is lame and is in need of great awakening and tremendous revival during this time, we will not be able to see what the value is of a radical cure. If we reject the severity of the sickness, you reject the severity of the cure. You reject the reality that when Christ comes in with his glory, when Christ comes in and awakens the people, then, then, then we, we don't see what will truly take place. Ian Bound said this, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more in novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men of prayer. The glory of God is more than just a feeling. The glory of God is more than just an experience. The glory of God is something just like holiness. Holiness that, that, that we ascribe to the Lord as He is separate. He is something that is altogether different. The same way with His glory. When God moves in glory, when he moved in glory on those in the upper room and he descended upon them, every single thing changed about their lives. And I hunger and I thirst for that for you and for me, that we would be those that are filled with boldness, that we are fueled with the glory of God. They were fueled with the, the weight of God, the, the glory of God 
is, is a supernatural, it's a spiritual tsunami of everything contained in the character of God. The glory of God is something that is that can be spoken of for ages because it is what the, the Lord values. It is that which is gold and not that which is bronze. The word glory itself is literally translated heavy weight, meaning the heaviest, biggest, and grandest thing about someone. It is God's glory. God desires that his glory would be revealed, that, that we would be those that are beholding the Lord with unveiled face, as it says in, in the New Testament. With unveiled face, we would behold the glory of the Lord, the glory of His face, the glory of His countenance. When we say that, it's not just seeing the face of a person. It's seeing the character of Jesus. It's seeing the character of God. It's seeing God that who time and time again, age after age, decade after decade, generation after generation, knows exactly when to come on the scene. When every man, when every society is at their lowest of low and they cannot do anything in their own strength, he comes and lifts the head of those that are in greatest need. He comes on the scene when 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 there's the adulteress who is who who is found in her sin and wanting to throw herself into into the lowest pit perhaps to commit suicide and he comes on the scene and says child I call you by name I call you by your name I have known you and I have purpose and I have plans for you and he says that to you and to me right now he says I know you by name I know you by name Chris I know you by name Luke I know you by name Jessica I know you by name Naomi I have called you and I have declared that this is the season that I will lift you up and take you out of the pit, out of distress, out of anxiety, out of fear, out of worry, out of unbelief, out of a place of not experiencing my glory. And I will come on the scene with my love and my grace. And I will give you joy like you have never known. I will allow you to experience all of my character in one moment and it will overtake you and you will never be the same. You will tell everybody about it because my glory changes you. My glory overtakes you the way of this thing, the beauty of this thing is unimaginable and undescribable. It is literally the glory of God that will bring change to this world. Can I close with a few thoughts? I want to talk to you about four ways that you can tap in to the glory of God. And we're going to talk about a few scriptures just to just to, to burn in your heart and allow you to be emblazed with this theme. We'll continue talking about it over these next couple of weeks. But I'm telling you, I pray you sense it. My heart is alive with the spirit of God right now saying, I want my people to be carriers of the glory, carriers of my glory. The first thing you need to do is you need to look for the glory. If you want the glory, you need to look for it. Those who are not looking, you're you're not going to find it. It says in Acts 755, but he being full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of the God, glory of God. He, he was looking to heaven. He was looking to where the glory is and he saw it. If we aren't expecting to see the glory of God, we probably won't. Just like anything in the kingdom of God, it takes faith to experience or to see a manifestation of his glory. The glory of God is visible power. I'm telling you, we need to see the power of God in this time. We don't need to see a little measure of the power of God. We need to see all of the glory of God. 
Just like in the Old Testament, the glory appeared as a, cl a cloud or, or smoke or fire. This is visible power called the Shekinah glory. We need to experience that today. It was the Hebrew name given to the presence of God dwelling on the earth. We need the Shekinah glory. The nation of Israel saw the glory of God when it came on Mount Sinai in Exodus 24, 17. It says this, the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount. The prophet Habakkuk got a glimpse of that fiery glory as well. He said it, it could be described like the sun or blazing in the sky. His brightness was as the light. He had horns or shafts coming out of his hand and there was, there was the hiding of his power. It was the glory of God being shown all about. Exodus 13, the same glory that raised Jesus from the dead was made manifest as fire by night and a cloud by day. This same glory separated the land of Goshen from the rest of Israel. The people of God were marked by the presence of God. And to this day, we are still to be those that are carriers of the glory of God, marked by the presence of God. That there would be light in the land of darkness, the glory, God's presence. The second thing that I want you to do, not just to look for the glory, but to pray for the glory. We need to, it's okay to pray for the glory. It's okay to, to cry out to God, show me your glory. In Romans 8.18, it says, for, consider, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in who? In someone else? No, in us. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. There is glory waiting to be revealed in us, friends. How do you pray for the glory of God? Pray for it to be revealed to you first and to be revealed into you and to me. Pray for our church. Pray for those around us. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your family that we would experience and see the glory of God. But we have to be those that diligently seek and knock and ask that God would reveal these things. When you pray the glory of God uh, in the earth, there's miracles, there's signs, there's wonders that are revealed to the church. When Moses saw the glory of God, he asked, praying, Lord, please show me your glory. Show me your glory. When people are gathered in a spirit of unity, seeking the Lord, asking for his glory to be revealed, you know what? He hears us. He hears us. Just like those in the day, on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. We're approaching Pentecost Sunday. I'm telling you, the Lord wants to pour out his spirit again upon all flesh, that sons and daughters would prophesy, that we would see dreams, that we would see visions, and we would see the glory of God. Get ready for a move of the Holy Spirit, friends. Get ready for an outpouring of the glory of God. Each born-again believer has the ability to manifest God's glory here on the earth, but we must believe when we pray. In Ephesians, finally, along with this theme, Ephesians 1, 17 to 18, it says that you would know the hope of his calling, which is the hope of his glory. Pray that you will understand the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. When we inherited him, glory was deposited in us, but we have to receive the revelation of what it means to walk in that glory. The third thing, we already said to look for the glory, glory to, play, to pray for the glory. Now prepare for the glory. Romans 5.5 5 says the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
Do you know that there's different degrees of glory? That there's different levels of walking and experiencing the glory of God? I don't care what level of glory you've already experienced in your life. Get ready for another measure. Don't be content with that which is old, that which has been given yesterday. Get ready for the new thing that the Lord is pouring out. Get ready to go into a new realm of glory, to a new place where you are moved by the Spirit of God, motivated by the Spirit, the Spirit of God, and speaking with the clarity of the Spirit of God. Now is the time. Now is the time Increase for the Lord to increase in the amount of glory in your life. We must walk in love. Put simply, more love that walks and flows through us, the more glory we're going to experience. Not more on selfishness, even though we need to have a selfless heart and pure, proper motives. We need to have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts so we can experience the glory of God in greater measure. We'll be well on our way. We let love, we let love into our hearts. We'll be well on to our, well on our way to being filled with the glory of God. The final thing is we need to first, we need to what? Look for the glory. Then we need to pray for the glory. We need to prepare for the glory. Finally, we need to walk in the glory. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The glory of God looks for a dwelling place. We talked last week how the Lord was raising up His temple again. He's raising up His temple in you and in me, that He may place His glory there. He has filled the temples, friends, with His his presence. He looks for a dwelling place. He looks for a, a tabernacle. Under the new covenant, the Holy Spirit builds a temple in every believer. He says in verse, 2 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the, whole, the Spirit of God dwells in you? We are God's house. We are His temple. We are the place for His glory to dwell. It's one thing to have the glory, but it's another thing to know how to walk in it. And that's what we need to know and recognize right now as carriers of the glory. We need to walk in it. We need to know that we have good news. You have everything inside of you that you need to do so. When the believers experienced the glory of God at Pentecost, they didn't just go back to living normal lives. And I'm telling you, out of this quarantine, out of this season, we don't go back to living normal lives. We go to things as in a supernormal, a supernatural state of being. That we go into living as the early Christians did. They were no different than Christians that are alive today, but they experienced something. Here's the key. Those first believers received the same spirit that you and I did when you got saved and baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. But Christians today are carriers of glory just as surely as they were. So we can experience the move of God. We can experience the miracles God of God, the presence of God, the, the healing of God in our day just as they did they did when you walk in the glory of god you have a fire in you that the devil cannot withstand. We are told to put on the armor of God, which includes the, includes the shoes of the glorious gospel of peace. There's glory in your feet. There's glory in your feet. That's what gives you the power to walk on Satan and his plans upon every power of the enemy. That's why the only thing the the, the that's why the only thing the devil is to the church is a footstool. He is the one that we walk on today. 
Start practicing these four things and we'll continue talking about this theme in the days ahead to be carriers of the glory. Would you pray with me to experience just another measure of his glory? I don't know about you, but I'm hungry and I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty for the glory and the presence of God. We need him. We need him more desperately now than we ever have. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for what you are doing in your church today and for what you are doing in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits, that you are awakening us to the glory that is you, the glory that is in you, Jesus. Lord, allow us to be transformed, that we would be moved from seeing in a mirror dimly to seeing you and beholding you in full light and the full measure that we would come and move from glory to glory. God, let us know what it is to experience your glory and to allow our neighbors, those that need to receive salvation, those that need to receive hope, life and healing, that we would be those that are carriers of your glory to them, that we would be changed and transformed by it. Lord, move us to a deeper place today, God, and bring us into greater revelation and understanding. Fill our homes with your presence. Fill our homes with your life. Fill our homes with your peace and your joy. God, transform us by your glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Let us walk and be those that are carriers of his glory. Amen.